ignite your passion for God and for his work. Listen to Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo, the resident pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International Adenta Branch, as he comes your way on this podcast with the creative force of God's word. Bishop Ogo also pastors the Flaming Fire Service, a vibrant youth service filled with energetic young people who are ablaze for the Lord. He is also the evangelist of the Greater Love Roadshow, a unique outreach program that ministers the soul-saving love of Jesus Christ to a hurting world through music, dance, and the life-giving word of God. Now listen to Bishop Edwin Ogo. Promise to come and share his testimony with us. Let's encourage him as he comes upstage. Praise the Lord. My name is Nicholas Pomasinovet. I'm in Love Zone. My zona pastor is Zipi Lili. I want to give a testimony to glorify the name of God. Because he's delivered me from a lot. One day, I was in the house and my uncle called me that I, I, I do business. He called me that he has this business for me, which worth uh, 120,000 Ghana City. So he wants me to put, he wants to put me in front of the business to handle it for him. So after he told me that, you know, I went back thinking about it, that how, how could just a business involve all this much? So I wasn't, I wasn't comfortable with it. So I began praying because I, I, wasn't, I wasn't comfortable with it. So I was praying that God should give me a sign before the day so that I could see that this business is not a, a right business or it was a scam or something like that. I kept praying. So when the D-Day came, I was in a vehicle. Then something just came that I should Google about the machine that we are supposed to go and buy and go and give it to the company. So I googled about the machine and then I, I, when I went to Google, I found a lot of findings about the machine. And then after that, I read about four articles which talks about how people have been scammed on the same incidents with the same trend as how my uncle told, told me. So I called one of my guys that this is what is happening. And he said, there was no way my uncle could dupe me or my uncle could do such a thing to me. So I said, okay, I, I, my money wasn't even enough, so I called my friend to send some money into my account, so I was going to meet my uncle. By then, too, my uncle has already also gathered his money, everything that we were going to meet. So when I met my uncle, I saw that the, he wasn't the way he, he, he's supposed to be. So I told him that, no, let's get some joint and sit down and then talk about this, uh, talk over about this. So we went to sit down, then I, I, I started talking to him. So immediately whilst we were talking, I, sh I showed him the findings that I found on the net. Then immediately, he just popped up like, so where were we going? And I said, oh, we were going to uh, carry on with the deal. Then he said, no, this thing cannot happen. This thing is a scam. So it was like, the thing, all the thing was like, he's been charmed. The people who spoke to him, they, uh, they've charmed his mind that he can't think far. Then he began showing me. Then... He removed the money from his pocket. He said, look, this money is my children's school fees. 
this money is a contract that I've gone to taking that I've not even started a business. Then we just gave thanks to God and then we left them. And then, but the nicest aspect of it was that this my uncle I've been pursuing for about three years to come to church. And today, to the glorification of God, he's in church. Then that 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 made me understood what Bishop said last week that if you don't come to church or you don't come to God by yourself or someone brings you, something will bring you to church. Amen. Oh, put your hands together. Wow. And I want to encourage anybody who wasn't in church last week, please get the message. It will be a total blessing to you. Either way, everyone will bow their knees to the name Jesus. Put your hands together again for the Lord this morning. This morning, God has prepared a powerful vessel to speak through him to us. He's a man who needs no introduction, I always say. But before he comes upstage, I want us to do our memory verse. Are we ready for the memory verse? All right, let's rise up to our feet. So today's memory verse is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. Now, it says that, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he had done, whether it be good or bad. In other words, there is going to be a judgment seat of Christ, and everybody will appear there. The interesting thing about this verse is that it says that the judgment will be based on what you did in this body. Now, I'm assuming that we are all born again. So your spirit is recreated in Christ without sin. But when we stand before the judgment seat, the problem will not be with your recreated, regenerated spirit. It will be with the body that housed that spirit. What you allow that body to do that you didn't control. Say amen. Is, is that a powerful thing? Yes. So this morning our verse is drawing our attention to the fact that this body needs to be put under control. Then he says that according to that he have done, whether good or bad. So this body can, if not controlled, make you do certain things which are not good. Amen. So I think we can now learn the verse. So let's take it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he have done, whether it be good or bad. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. Can we take it again? And as my bishop will say, remember, it begins with four. Okay. So let's go. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. For 
we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done whether it be good or bad 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10 one more time so focus because we will switch up the gen after this 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10 for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done whether it be good or bad 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10. Are we ready now? Ask your neighbor, are you ready? Because you are going to audit whatever he's about to say. So look into your neighbor's face as we all say it together. Can we take it off the screen now? Oh, we should do one more. One more. Okay. Okay. So the last one. So before we go, it is best if you break it into three parts. The first part is, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That is part one. Then the second portion will be, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he have done. Whether good or bad. So maybe even two. Shall we go? By faith, we will overcome. So let's go. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10 for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he had done whether good or bad 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10 I think we can do it we can do it so let's go for it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Everyone may receive gifts. This part of the congregation were saying something very different from this part. So we'll take it the last time. Scan through. I think the, sec the third portion, according to that he have done, whether it be good or bad. So record it. According to that he have done, whether it be good or bad. We have it now. Okay, so of the gen. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. Before the 
Put your hands together for the Lord. Wow. Now the moment has come. It is time to receive the engrafted word of God. Bible says it is able to save our souls. This morning, we have the father of this house right in our midst. A man who has traveled the length and breadth of this globe. His voice has been heard in many countries. He is a much sought after preacher and teacher of the word. This morning, I want us to receive into the international pulpit of divine encounter service the ministry of Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. Jesus, it's good to see you home. 
your brothers and your sisters have been here all along. We've been waiting for your brother, and now we're close to tears to see you coming back home. The answer to a prayer. Hallelujah. Let's appreciate our sister. Hallelujah. I want to welcome you to church this morning. I'm sharing with you a very short but most important, very, very, very important message a Christian needs to hear about. And the message is titled, How to Lead Someone to Christ. Please turn your Bibles with me to John chapter number 4. John chapter 4, verse number 3. He left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away to the city to buy meat. Verse 9. How to lead someone to Christ. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that said unto thee, Give me to drink. Thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep from whence thou hast. Thou that livest, from whence hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob? which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle. Are you greater than Jacob? Jesus answered to her, 
Whosoever drinketh of this water shall test again. Wow. 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 Whosoever drinketh of this water shall test again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never test. There's a type of living water. When you drink, you don't test again. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water that I test not. Neither come hither to draw. Jesus said unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that thou, in that said thou truly. This morning, I'm using this day-to-day life story to share with you how you can lead someone to Jesus Christ. Sometimes those of us who have been around for a while live under the impression that everyone knows how to win a soul to Jesus. But most of the time, that is very far from it. And I feel it's my responsibility to teach you how to win a soul to the Lord. Soul winning is a very important habit a Christian must have. A truly born-again Christian will share about her experience or his experience. We ought to be the Jehovah's Witnesses. Jehovah's Witnesses. When you have encountered the overwhelming and amazing love of God, and you keep silent, it's a sign that you really not encountered the love of God. That that encounter is a spurious encounter. It's not a real encounter. When you encounter Jesus, you will share him. I said you will share him. Like this woman, she encountered Jesus and she went to town to share about Jesus. Paul said, we believe, therefore we speak. According as it is said, I believe. Therefore, have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore, we speak. If you believe, you will speak. Your silence is a sign that you do not believe. But this morning, there may be another reason why you will not speak, even though you believe. And that is, you may not know how to express that belief. So I'm taking care of that this morning and then 
we will move on. Now, this story has some key messages in it. The first message is that people have problems. People have problems. When you see people going up and down, living their normal lives, you may think that the fluidity of their activity, the fluidity of their activities and the smile on their faces may mean that they have no problems. This woman bore a pot, went to a well to fetch water on a normal day. But it was not a normal life she was living. No woman would like to have that on her resume. That in your short life, you lived with five husbands. Five men. And none of them could engage you. It shows that you yourself are a type of cheap woman. Very low. But you won't see that on the woman as she carried her pot. You may even think she's married with children at home and she's going to fetch water to serve her children. Yes. But when you get into the life of the woman, you realize that in her lifetime, she has actually domiciled with five men. Five men. And the current one has not even done knocking. But she is with her. She is with him. You won't see these things when you look at When I look at you, you look very pretty, handsome, nicely dressed, beautiful. But you won't know. And it is that facade that puts us off. But when you see the person, oh, this woman is okay. Let me turn to this raster man. But the raster man may be a born again Christian who has forgotten to cut his raster hair. People have problems. That's the first message. Please sing, rescue the perishing. Sliding in 
clap your hands. Let's appreciate our sister for the song. Rescue the perishing. People are perishing. People are dying every day on their way to hell. But before we even look at hell, which is a reality, life on earth is hell for many people because of the absence of Jesus Christ in their lives. When we go to heaven, we will be in heaven. But on earth, we can live heaven on earth. Jesus said, thy will be done on earth. As it is in heaven. So whatever is in heaven, we can enjoy it here on earth in the Lord. But when you go out, you see people burdened, but they plaster a smile on their face. Some people sitting here are, are cracking under the weight of issues. So, so that is the story. The first message you learn from the story of this woman of Samaria. The next message in this story I read is that when you attempt to win someone to the Lord, you must be ready to overcome obstacles they will put in your way. It will not be as smooth as you would expect. Even though you are offering the person living water, the first reaction you will get from the person may be that of rejection or a stumbling block or a difficulty. A soul winner must overcome that initial inertia, that initial difficulty. When Jesus met this woman, he tried to be nice and that's one of the things you must do. When you meet somebody you want to win the person to the Lord, you must be uh, you must be nice. Even if you are not the smiling type, you must smile and find a way of engaging the person. So Jesus sat at the well and, you know, courteously, nicely asked the woman, who had come to fetch water? Can you please give me a cup? You must find a way to engage the person. Oh, how are you doing? What's your name? The same way when you were chasing girls. You see a girl and ask her if she has seen a brown dog in the area. When you don't have a dog in your house. <laughs> oh, how are you? It's nice, nice to meet you. A nice smile you must brush your teeth so that when you smile, your teeth will look nice. I, I mean, this was a nice initial attempt. But the, the, the reaction he received from the woman could have put anybody off. What was the woman's reaction? Read it there. How is it that thou, being a Jew, verse 9, askest ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? 
for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Who are you to ask me for water? Why do you want to know my name? Why do you want to know if I live in the area? Initial inertia. Resistance. If you are looking for someone, just ask the person's, for the person's name. Don't, don't, don't be asking for my name. Don't waste my time. I'm going somewhere. This woman's reaction could have put Jesus Christ off. But he stayed on his two feet. So, it is very important for you to not expect niceness all the time. Somebody can pour urine on you. Somebody can just dismiss you with a wave of a hand. When you go and knock on someone's door, and some, the person opens the door and talks to you as if you are a thief. Meanwhile, the house you came from has a nicer door than the, no, than the door you are knocking on. But you need humility. I said humility. Jesus Christ was humble. Are you ready to win a soul? Yes. Your blessing in life is connected to soul winning. I've taught enough on, the, on this. So, when you encounter someone and you want to share the gospel with a person, it is very important for you to approach the person well. Now, Jesus had a long chat with this woman. But I am deliberately not going into the details of that chat. I want us to engage ourselves in a very, you know, contemporary, practical way of winning a soul. The first thing you do when you want to win a soul is that you must not be judgmental. Jesus Christ allowed the woman to express herself. He said, the woman said, who are you? Are you better than Jacob, our father, who owned this well? Jesus could have said, do you know me? You sinner like you. But Jesus took his time. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 51, and that is a very important verse. Every Christian who wants to win a soul must know. Psalm 51 and verse 5. Behold. I was shaping in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. There are people like the woman at the well who pride themselves in their religiosity. They pride themselves in their background. They pride themselves. There are people who are proud. They feel they have God. They feel they know God. Last week, I told you that there are some people who are school prefects who feel that they are going to heaven just by being a school prefect. There are people who are virgins who feel that they are going to heaven because of their virginity. But David says that the reason why we need Jesus Christ is not because you are not a virgin or you are a thief or you are not a thief, but even 
You see, when you are good, you are still a sinner. The sin nature has nothing to do with what you do or what you don't do. Our righteousness is not from works. That you were conceived in sin. The the, the act of your conception was a sinful act. Sin was part of what made you a, a human being. And your shape, your shape, is that I was shaping. That is, I was molded. When you say shape, not your hips or your thighs. When you say shape, we are talking about your personality, who you are. Your emotional shape. Your intellectual shape. Your social shape. How you are. You were shaped in iniquity. Some of us here who are virgins, you are a virgin because you have not met that girl. There are some girls, when you meet them, your virginity has ended. There are some boys, when you meet them, you you will hand over your virginity to them. Gleefully. Yes. You have not met anyone like that. That's why you can pride yourself. And when you are winning a soul, let the person understand that you have not come to judge the person. I'm not here to say that you are a, a, a thief or you are, you are um, a wee smoker. But the Bible says that all of us, you and I, we, we were born in sin. We were born in sin. And what should we do about that sin? Why should we do something about that situation? Why? Why is it important to do something about the sin nature? Because that sin nature only leads to death. The outcome of that sin nature is death. Please turn your Bibles to Romans chapter number 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is Death, death, when you live in sin, when sin continues to persist in your life, the outcome is death. And that word death is not um, stopping breathing and lying in a coffin, but that word death means separation from God. You are separated from God. And it's not good for any man to be separated from God. The wages of that sin is death. Which eventually leads to proper death. You see, when you live in sin, one of the things that happens to you is that you are actually going towards death. I mean, you can practically die. Die as in death. Your heart stops. Sin is a killer. Any act of sin can kill you. Think of any sin. I can relate it to your death. Fornication can kill you. 
There are people who are dead now. They are not dead because of diabetes. They are not dead because of hypertension. They are dead because of fornication. Sexual immorality. Another way sexual immorality can kill you is that it can lead to your heart being broken. Yes, your heart can break. When you must not give yourself to a man and you give yourself to the man, your heart can break. You don't know a man. And when your heart breaks, you can commit suicide. And on, and on, and on. Things that destroy our bodies. Alcohol. Tobacco. There are cancers that come to you because of sex. Yes, cancers. Having a lot of sex with a lot of men. Special cancers have been designed for you. So I'm saying that sin, apart from, you know, spiritualizing it, separating you from God and so on, it can actually kill you. Yes. You can go to jail because of sin and in jail you can be killed. There are people whose lives have ended because of sin. One boy, man, went to Cape Coast with his girlfriend. His wife was at home and he took the girlfriend to Cape Coast. I don't know whether they were smooching themselves in the car. They got to a, a, a part of Accra. A tipper truck ran over them four years ago. Yes. Because when you are in the car with your wife, there's not much smooching. So you concentrate on the road. But when you are with a new girl, the feelings are different. <laughs> he would have been alive now. I'm saying that sin is a killer. The wages of sin. You must know these scriptures. You must know Romans 3 and verse 23, which is the senior brother of Psalm 51 verse 5. Psalm 51 says, in sin did my mother conceive me? Romans 3, 23 says, all have sinned. All. The teacher, the pastor, the, the righteous man, the canon, the catkiss, the pope, the sister, the brother, the, 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 the husband, the lawyer, the doctor, the good man, the bad man, the tall, the short. All. 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 The virgin, the non-virgin. All. So when you approach the person, you have not come to condemn the person. But you just want to share that there is sin in us. And we need to wash it. We need to wash that sin. Why is there sin in us? There is sin because your mother conceived you in sin. And because also that all the Bible says all have sinned. You can tell. A small boy, two years. Who teaches this two-year-old child how to steal milk? You go take the tin of milk, drink it, and wipe the top. Two years. Who taught a three-year-old girl how to lie? Sandra, did you take it? No, mommy. Meanwhile, when she's saying no, mommy, the toffee is in the mouth. What is in your mouth? Lying. Nobody teaches the child. Sit down, let me teach you how to lie. Were you taught how to fornicate? You, you, you knew how to find your way? Whatever way it is. Who taught you? I'm asking, who taught you? 
Your ankle? All have sinned. We are so bad. But when we wear our suit and tie, we look very regal and elegant. You have no idea the evil in us. You see how people can plan punishment in school. Secondary school. How they can plan. Just, I mean, design punishment. You see that inside man is evil. My dear friends, how to lead a person to Christ? You're not judgmental. You, you, you should be prepared for the initial rebuff, initial, you know, not so nice reception. But let the person understand that you've come with good news. And what's the good news? The good news is that there's, there's a solution to our sin nature. There's a solution to our sin nature. And that solution is Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. If you shall confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. You shall be saved. Saved from what? You shall be saved, not only from hell, but you shall be saved from the power of sin. When you go to Nigeria, one of the things you see in Lagos is um, police cars, patrol, military pa- patrol cars. A lot in Lagos. You see only, I don't see it anywhere. I don't see it anywhere in Lagos. They've written fire for fire. Fire for fire. You try to shoot, I'll also shoot you. Yes, when you open fire, we also open fire. We don't care who you are. It's called operation fire for fire. One day when you go to Lagos, you see it. Yes, fire for fire. That is the solution to the problem of fire is fire. When you open fire, we will solve your problem by also opening fire. So, the problem of the power of sin... The sin nature that wants to let you be a fornicator, a drunkard, a weed smoker, a thief. Can you imagine the people who have died out of the sin of stealing? Instant justice murders, shot and killed, maimed. Sin is a killer, but it has power. There is, sin is powerful. Paul said, the things I don't want to do, that's what I do. Wretched man that I am. The things I must do, I don't do them. Sin has got what? Power. That's power. Power to kill you. That's why I said, the wages of sin is death. When, when, when sin exerts its power, it leads you to the precipice of your death. But thank God that there is another power that is able to counter the power of sin in man. God has solved the power of sin, the problem of sin, with another power. Because you only need power for another power. And that power is in John chapter 1 verse 12. Write it down. As many as receive him, as many as believe, and as many as receive him, to them, Gave he power 
when you receive Jesus, you receive power. That's why when you are born again, you see that even though the feeling is there, but you, 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 you don't gladly sin. If you are drinking a lot and you become born again, one of our pastors, Reverend Michael, he was a drunkard. When he gave his life to Christ, from that day, he never touched alcohol. Yes. We've heard testimonies. There was a man in the, in the next service, which is coming up soon. He was, he, he was a drug addict, cocaine. Which, if you read, you realize that you cannot just stop. You say, like, I, 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 I'm on drugs and I have stopped. I'm going home. You don't just stop and go home. You suffer the consequences of withdrawal. Withdrawal symptoms. Very hard. I mean, so bad that most of them have to be rehabilitated. But this man came to church one watch night. A drug addict. A man with his wife and children. He, he works in the security forces. The last time I saw him, he was in his military or whatever uniform. He's in church. Drug addict. He's been on drugs for years. He walked into church, gave his life to Christ. Suddenly, that power, because drug, sex, whatever, it has got power over you. But there is power over that power. And when you receive Jesus Christ, he gives you power to become the sons of God. Power. Power not to fornicate. That when you hold your iPad, there's no desire to go to pornography and watch pornography because you have got power over your iPad. You are a carrier of that power. So you tell the person that sin kills. As I'm talking to you now, you are a good girl, you are a good boy, you look very nice, but your nature, the nature is like a lion that is lying down, not eating, quiet, allows you to stroke his mane and just, you know, it's just lying there like a crocodile. It's on YouTube. There was a man. I saw it myself. He was feeding the crocodile. They were all lying down. He would go walk among, because he had been doing that for years. He would go. Put there. Maybe we should, you need to watch it. Give them the, the meat. Then they would eat. Ow. I think he was serving them with, uh, uh, yes, chickens. Just, up, up, up. Yes, that's what it's like. Morning, evening. Up, up. But a crocodile is a crocodile. Up. Suddenly, there were tourists. This is Ivory Coast, Yamsukro. They were filming the man. Suddenly, he went near a very quiet crocodile. I don't know what he thought. He was bringing meat. It opened the mouth and collected the man. Collected. Before the tourists on camera, the crocodile ate the man. Yes, because the, the, he may be quiet as a crocodile, but the eating nature is there. You want to give the right conditions. Yes. You've not fornicated, but at the right time, you've not met a certain man with cool music in his room, killing me softly. And the lights are blue. Killing me softly. You will realize that power 
past power. Yes. But there are people who are born again. Who also may be in a room with a girl alone. And the neighbor's door, the next door neighbor, sorry, is playing sexual healing. And the music is entering the room. And all the children have gone to school. You and I alone in the, in the room. But he says, no, I will not touch you. Because I'm, I'm a born again child of God. I've got power over this feeling. Receive that power also for your life. How to lead a person to Christ? Let the person understand that sin, the fact that you are a good girl, doesn't mean anything. Sin can destroy you. Yes. But God gives us a solution to the power of sin over man. And that is Jesus Christ. He's, when you receive him, you receive power. And not only do you receive power, what he also does is that he, he has a solution, a chemical, a chemical that washes sins. There is no chemical that can wash a man's sins. How many of you have stolen something before since you were born? Sorry, sorry, sorry. How many of you have stolen just five times since you were born? Five. Since you were born, five times. More than five. Let me see your hand. More than five. Wow. How many of you have stolen meat from your mother's stew before? Meat from your mother's stew since you were born. You went in the night and you took one, put it aside, just organized, just shook the soup and let the soup settle. Let me see your hand. You stolen meat before. Yes. Very nice. How many of you have lied before? You've told a lie before. Yes. How many of you have told 100 lies since you were born? Yes. How many of you have fornicated before since you were born? Some of you must lift your hands and your legs like that. What is going to happen to that sin? All the sins you've committed. Because all those sins, they will lead you to hell. But there's a chemical. It's stronger than death all. It's stronger than self. It's stronger than Ariel. It's stronger than key soap. It's called the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood of Jesus. It washes. It cleanses. I said it washes. I said it washes. Yes, that's the good news. Revelation 7, verse 14. And I end here. And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. Verse 13, sorry, 713. 713. And one of the elders answered, saying, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? Who are these wearing white? I see some girls wearing white. Were they born with white? No. Because every sin you commit colors your garment. When you fornicate, you get red spots. When you are jealous, you get green spots. When you steal, you get brown spots. Some of you in the spirit, you are like someone wearing batik. Batik, colored. What can wash your batik? A day will come. You will not look like somebody wearing batik. You will look like someone wearing white. White. How does it come about? Verse 14, he said, you know, he said, these are they 
which came out of the great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. The blood. The blood of Jesus washes your multicolored sinful past. It washes your life. It washes your wickedness. Yes. It washes. This is what takes care of our present sins. Our past sins. And our future sins. Yes. The sins you commit one day. This is the blood. It will wash and cleanse you. Yes. And you ask the person, can I lead you in a simple prayer to receive Christ? He said, yes. Yes, I want to receive Christ. Please lead me. Say, let's bow our heads. And I want to ask you tonight, this morning, let's stand up to our feet and bow our heads for that prayer. Please close your eyes. You are here today. You want to be born again. You don't know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. Somebody invited you. You want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. Wherever you are, I want to ask you to close your eyes. And you want me to pray with you. Just lift your hands up high. I will lead you in a simple prayer. Your sins will be washed away. Yes, lift it high. Lift your hand high above your head. Pastor, pray for me. Yes, I'm not a thief. I'm not an armed robber, but I just know, as you were preaching, that there is sin in me. I've not even committed them, but they are there. I need the blood of Jesus to wash these sins away. If your hand is lifted up, come to me in front here. Come here. I want to meet you right here. Come. 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 Come to Jesus. Come. Come. He loves you. Come. And receive him. Come. What can wash away your sins? Nothing. Except the blood of Jesus. Nothing. Nothing can wash your fornication. On the judgment day, may it not come up. Wash it now. Wash it now. Wash it now. Wash it now. Thank you, Lord. Wash your sins now. Lift your two hands, please, and let's pray. Say after me, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, I come to you today. I'm so sorry for my sins. I've gone far from you. But I'm coming back today. Please receive me. Give me a brand new start. I'm starting my life with you. I will walk with you. I will serve you. I will love you. I've turned my back to sin. I've turned my back to the world. I will live for you. Thank you for my salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Beautiful. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We believe that you have been truly blessed. You can send a mail to Bishop Edwin Ogo at bishopedwinogo at gmail.com. 
Introduce this podcast to a friend, keep listening, and keep living passionately for God. 